Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Tech Stuff, a production from iHeartRadio. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with iHeartRadio, and how the tech are you? It's time for the tech news for Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. Into February already. On Tuesday, I mentioned that this week has a lot of tech companies holding earnings calls and sharing with their investors news about the company's performance. Tuesday's episode went out before Snap, the company behind Snapchat, held its call. But once that call did happen, things did not go so well. Also, things will start to sound... A little bit topsy-turvy as we talk through these first couple of stories. All right, so what did Snap have to report? Well, first, it's 2022 Q4 results, because these earnings calls are for the end of last year, showed that revenue was up slightly compared to Q4 2021. So year over year, earnings were slightly up, or revenue was slightly up. That's good, right? But Snap has also faced challenges when generating revenue, largely due to the digital ad market decreasing as companies across all industries are 
watching costs. This is what happens during periods of economic uncertainty and recession. And while revenue grew year over year, it was at a rate of 12%, which was slower than what the company had estimated for 2022. So remember, it's not good enough for a company to generate $1.3 billion in revenue. You also have to make sure you're generating more revenue than you did before and that you're doing it at a significant rate if you want to keep your investors happy. Now, just to drop the snark for a bit, if your revenue isn't growing quickly, but your costs are, that does actually become a really big problem. And Snap reported that it had a net loss last quarter of $288 million. So it, it generated $1.3 billion in revenue, but it operated at a loss of $288 million. Now you compare that to the net gain Snap had of $22.5 million a year previous. So at the end of 2021, they had a $22.5 million uh, net profit. Then, you know, this past quarter, it was a $288 million net loss. That is bad. And what Snap had to say next really made investors unhappy. That as of right now, Snap is seeing revenue for the first quarter of 2023 at a 7% decline compared to last year. It's really bad news when the number doesn't go up enough, but even worse news when the number actually goes into negative territory. So Snap is hitting a real rough patch right now. Last year saw four straight quarters of losses, and you can't deny that Snap faces fierce competition in the social platform space, both from enormous, well-established companies like Meta and relatively younger juggernauts like TikTok. We'll have more to say about both of those companies. Anyway, Snap stock dropped from around $11.50 per share on Tuesday to below $10 per share by Wednesday. Uh, although as I was writing this episode, there was a little bit of a recovery and it was trading at about $10.36 per share when I started to record this episode. Then on Wednesday, yesterday, we got Meta's earnings call and things went a little differently for Meta than they did for Snap. Now on the news front, it was kind of a mixed bag. Meta post declining sales for the third quarter in a row and a 22Q4 revenue of $32.2 billion. That's how much they brought in in revenue at last quarter. However, that was down 4.5% from 2021. But even though it was down from 2021, that $32.2 billion in revenue was still higher than what Wall Street investors had estimated it was going to be. So Meta didn't do as well as last year, but it did better than what investors had predicted. And I guess that makes all the difference. Now, the company did also post a profit of $4.7 billion for last quarter. That's a heck of a chunk of change. It is still below what some analysts expected. There were some who were thinking it was going to be as much as $6 billion. But the company also revealed it had drastically reduced spending and has cut its estimation for its 2023 expenses. So originally, Meta estimated that it was going to spend somewhere between $94 billion and $100 billion this year. Now the company says, no, it's going to be closer to $89 billion to $95 billion. 
Now, I've got to admit, I cannot wrap my head around even just $1 billion, let alone these astronomical amounts. So it, it starts to just get conceptual to me. I can't, I can't really apply any meaning to it. If you told me that I was going to lose $89 billion versus $94 billion, I'd probably be like, that's more than I will ever see in my lifetime. So it really doesn't matter between the two. But for a company like Meta, obviously it does matter. And moreover, to the investors, it does matter. Zuckerberg also mentioned that Meta is pushing AI innovation that will have a big impact on business in the future. And Meta saw growth in its user base. They passed the 2 billion daily active users in Q4. That is phenomenal. Remember, for a while, well, specific platforms have been seeing a decline. And I don't know if they broke it out, if this was just Facebook that saw 2 billion daily active users, or if this was across the company. I, I didn't see that in the little earnings report I was reading. Uh, I'm sure they did break it out in the call, but the article I read did not. Zuckerberg also said that 2023 will be a year in which Meta focuses on efficiency. That can be code for you know, cost-cutting measures, including more layoffs. Uh, it's definitely going to include a change in their data center strategy because Meta has announced it's going to cancel multiple data center projects in that earnings call. In after-hours trading, the company's stock price increased by 20%. So yeah, dramatic difference between Snap. Snap saw a, a drop in its stock price. Meta saw a big boost after its earnings call, even though both companies reported disappointing results for the last quarter. It just shows that people view this very, very differently. Today, we're going to get more earnings call reports from Amazon, Alphabet, and Apple. So I'm sure I will mention a little bit of that next week. Now, I did mention TikTok earlier, and that has often been cited as one of the biggest players and biggest competitors in the social platform space. But it's also been facing increasing scrutiny and criticism from various U.S. leaders, including Senator Michael Bennett from Colorado. Bennett sent a letter to Apple and to Google asking both companies to remove TikTok from their respective app stores. And you might wonder why. Well, Bennett wrote, quote, TikTok's vast influence and aggressive data collection pose a specific threat to U.S. national security because of its parent company's obligations under Chinese law, end quote. So what Bennett is referring to is a law in China that places obligations on all Chinese companies and citizens to assist in matters of intelligence gathering, espionage work. In other words, if you have a way of getting details on one of China's um, adversaries, maybe rivals, other nations, if you want to just be really generic, you're supposed to pass that on to the Chinese government. And so Bennett's argument is similar to other ones we have heard in the past, that because TikTok's parent company, which is ByteDance, is a Chinese company, and because you have this policy in China, then it stands to reason that ByteDance could use TikTok to further Chinese intelligence operations, and that perhaps that has already been happening. Generally speaking, the government of one country is never too keen to open the doors to another country's intelligence operations. That's considered 
bad <laughs> if you just opened up the door and let all the spies come in and steal all the info or at least get a good look at it. Meanwhile, the Biden administration has been in negotiations with TikTok business leaders to try and craft a way for the company to operate within the U.S. while still assuring the U.S. government that it's not funneling tons of information to Chinese intelligence. And other U.S. leaders, meanwhile, are proposing or passing legislation that is banning TikTok, at least from government-owned devices. And I've heard that there are a few schools that have done this as well. So we're not at a point where it's like a nationwide ban on TikTok, full stop. But we're kind of dancing close to that. And if you end up you know, compelling Apple and Google to remove TikTok from their app stores, then it's, it's not technically a ban on TikTok. But if you can't get it, then it amounts to very much the same sort of thing. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got some more news stories to talk about. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI. 
and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back, and I've got a couple of Google-related stories to cover. One is that a collection of workers whose job is to rate search results are protesting their pay. So Google does this where they they pay, really, they contract with another company to have people review search results in order to improve Google's performance over time so that search results become more relevant and compelling. And Google guarantees its own employees and contract workers who are working 30 hours or more a minimum wage of $15 per hour. But the folks who are doing this search results rating are technically working for another company called Appen Limited, and it contracts with Google in order to provide this this work to the company. And these contract workers are getting less than $15 per hour, plus they are frequently finding themselves scheduled for less than 30 hours, and that means they dip below the cutoff where they would receive the same benefits of a Google temporary contract or vendor employee also known as TVC workers. TVC benefits include stuff like healthcare and tuition reimbursement. So not only are these contractors receiving less than the minimum wage of other Google contractors, they also find themselves ineligible for these Google benefits. Many of these workers have traveled to Google HQ in order to protest this situation. Uh, They've received some support from other contractors who work with Google And I hope it all works out, but we're also in an economy where companies like Google are famously laying off thousands of employees right now. So it might be very much an uphill battle. Alphabet, Google's parent company, has some AI projects in the works that appear to be, at least in part, a response to the rise of ChatGPT. So we'll talk more about ChatGPT later in this episode as well. But there's this general concern that ChatGPT could make web searches moot, you know, irrelevant, at least for a lot of different topics. So instead of searching for a web page that might be able to answer a question you have, you would instead just ask something like ChatGPT and you would get the answer directly. That would be cobbled together by all the different sources on the web that this particular tool uses. And that would have a massive impact on Google because Google depends upon ad revenue in its search results for a lot of the overall revenue for the company. Reportedly, Google is developing its own chatbot called Apprentice Bard. It hasn't been released to the public, but according to CNBC, Google employees are testing out Apprentice Bard internally. These AI projects don't actually sound like they're that new inside Google, but rather now Google is putting a new emphasis on specific projects, including Apprentice Bard, potentially as a response to the rise of ChatGPT. That that ChatGPT represents a potential existential threat for Google's business. 
Now, all of this is interesting, and it's also kind of concerning to me. Uh, In many ways, it's a manifestation of the concept of the semantic web. So the semantic web idea was this concept of a futuristic version of accessing the web where your experience is totally unique to you. It's not you going to the same web pages as everybody else. Instead, your web browser actually learns more about you the more you use it. And it learns how to gather information and present it in a way that grows increasingly more relevant and digestible to you as you use it. So ultimately, instead of using your browser to search a a topic and then visit specific web pages to get an answer, it curates and arranges information from across the entire internet in order to present it to you in a way that works best for your needs. Now, this is a, a much less complex level of, of answering questions with chat GPT, but it is a similar idea. It's just not nearly as sophisticated as the concept of semantic web is, but it's doing a similar thing. It's pulling information from across the web and then presenting it to you generatively. It is creating that answer as you ask questions. And presumably Apprentice Bard is doing a very similar thing. But this comes with some really big potential problems. Uh, One of them is that, uh, as I said, Google relies on those digital ad spends in search result in order to get revenue. So if Google ends up supplying its own alternative to the traditional web search, then the company has to figure out a different way to generate income. Do you serve ads against responses? I guess you could do that. I mean, there's nothing saying that you couldn't. But I don't know if that would end up generating the same kind of revenue that the traditional ad search ad income does. But even bigger than that problem is a wider ranging issue of web page owners. So if no one is being listed in search results anymore, and there are no more users that are clicking on links in order to visit your web page, then you might see your own ad revenue drop incredibly low right? Because a lot of websites out there depend upon search engine traffic to bring visitors in. I mean, there's this whole area of marketing called search engine optimization. That's all about getting that, that sweet position in search results so that more people visit your site. Well, if search results just go away because people aren't using search anymore, they're asking questions directly to a tool like Apprentice Bard or ChatGPT, then they're never going to any of these sites. They're not even seeing the links. They don't even know where the information they're getting came from, right? Because ChatGPT at least doesn't cite its sources. So you wouldn't even know to go to this specific web page to learn more about the thing you just asked. You would just keep asking the tool to get you more information and to clarify things. Which then means that these web pages, if they get a huge drop in revenue, maybe the companies go out of business and then the web pages cease to exist. And if that happens, then tools like ChatGPT and Apprentice Bard will have fewer and fewer sources to pull information from, which means those tools will actually get worse over time if all this happens. So it becomes a really big domino effect. At least that's one potential possibility. That's how I see things possibly evolving if this continues. Now, there are a lot of people who are way smarter than I am who are are presumably working on this. 
So it may very well be that all of my concerns are completely unfounded. It's just my first reaction to learning more about what's going on here. And then one more Google story. Actually, this is for both Google and Apple. Both companies are facing renewed pressure from the U.S. government to change how they handle their policies around their respective app stores. The Biden administration has recommended Congress order these companies to change those those app store policies. And they range from things like how Apple and Google typically require developers to use their respective in-house payment systems, like Apple requires that iOS apps, if they have in-app transactions, that they have to go through Apple's payment system in most cases. And then Apple gets a cut of every transaction. Similar thing for Google. Now, Apple in the past has sort of complied with this kind of request. And I say sort of because Apple's MO was to try and make it as inconvenient and as expensive as possible for a developer to use an alternative payment system rather than use the one that Apple relies upon. And while Google has allowed Android users to sideload apps, meaning that you could go into your Android device's settings and you could change some options that would allow you to download Android apps that are offered outside of the official Google store. Apple has resisted doing that for a very long time. But even as Apple has shown moves to budge on that front, the argument is that these two companies are overwhelmingly dominating the app marketplace for mobile. And the Biden administration argues that there needs to be some increased competition. And that would be a very good thing. Like if other companies could have their own app stores where iOS or Android users could go to this alternative app store and get innovative apps that aren't covered or or carried by either Apple or Google, that would be a good thing. It's increased consumer choice. Uh, Apple and Google both argue that this introduces dangers with malware, which is true. It does. Um, Although we've also seen malware creep its way into official Apple and Google um, uh, (laughs) operations. So, you know, that's a thing. There's also the matter that Apple in particular has a rather mysterious process for evaluating and approving apps before allowing them in the app store. And that there is a lack of transparency in how Apple does this. And both Google and Apple have faced criticism in the past that the companies have promoted their own in-house apps over those from independent developers who have created apps that do something similar to an official Apple or Google app. Now, it is important to remember that Biden, while he is the president of the United States, is not allowed to make laws himself. He can't do that. That is Congress's job. That's why the Biden administration has sent this recommendation to Congress. And while we've seen some proposed legislation from folks like Senator Amy Klobuchar that addressed some of these concerns in the past, those proposals never actually progressed to the point where leaders put it up for a vote. Now, that might change with the president weighing in on this. We'll have to see. Okay, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I've got a few more news items to cover. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. 
connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk. There is a ton to keep track of. Employees to keep happy, spending to control, travel to plan, and on top of it all, nobody knows exactly what the future holds. Your finance team always has to be ready to change. But with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices. And that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is, experience. And you can finally say goodbye to the costly mistakes and risks that come from manual work and spreadsheets. So, while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There is still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back and we're going to chat about ChatGPT a little bit more. So OpenAI, which is the company behind ChatGPT, has now launched ChatGPT+. It's in a, a limited launch program right now. And this is a subscription service that charges 20 bucks a month. And seeing as how the basic version of ChatGPT is free to play with, what does that $20 a month actually get you? Well, according to OpenAI, subscribers will be able to access ChatGPT anytime they like, even during times of peak demand, whereas people who are using the free version may occasionally encounter a message that tells them the service is too busy to accommodate them and they need to try again later. Subscribers will not get that message. They'll be given priority. Subscribers are also supposed to see better response time from the app with fewer delays, so it's kind of a 
a, a new and improved version of the service. And in the future, when OpenAI introduces new features, the subscribers are supposed to be the first to get a chance to use them. Now, I'm not sure if these benefits are going to be worthwhile to the average ChatGPT user, but to folks who are in the field of AI research or they're in just R&D in general or some developers out there, I could see this being a justifiable expense. PC World reports that despite the fact that PC sales have dropped drastically in recent months, AMD's CPU and GPU chips have not dropped in price. And you might wonder, why is that? If demand has dropped, why aren't these chips, why aren't they getting cheaper? Well, in an earnings call with investors earlier this week, AMD's CEO revealed that it's because the company is purposefully holding back on shipping more chips to the market, that they've manufactured lots more chips, but they're just holding them in inventory and they're really controlling the supply that gets out to retailers. So they are keeping the supply low. If AMD doesn't ship the stuff they make, then they can try to counteract the drop in demand by obviously limiting supply. And apparently the company plans to continue this strategy through the beginning of this year, though reportedly not quite as, as strict as they had at the end of last year. And it makes good business sense, but it is likely to be frustrating to consumers, particularly gamers who are hoping that the decline in cryptocurrency mining and the drop in PC sales would mean that they would finally be able to get their hands on a great GPU for a great price. Instead, due to several factors, including NVIDIA's most recent generation of GPUs, which underperformed in the market, last generation hardware is still pretty expensive. I should also add, it's not as ridiculously expensive as it was back when folks were still using GPUs to mine Ethereum. Uh, Ethereum has since migrated to a proof-of-stake model instead of a proof-of-work model. Anyway, with all the various factors at play, it's very difficult to predict where prices are going to go, so I guess y'all out there who are looking to buy a new CPU or a new GPU really should just keep your eyes peeled, because you never know when companies will release more inventory in order to drive more sales. Um, it's hard to say, so just be patient. Uh, or, if you can't wait... Just know that, yeah, this was all done by design. Last year, Netflix revealed that one of its strategies to help deal with some corporate setbacks was to cut down on account sharing. Netflix has already introduced a way for account holders to add kind of like a, a secondary account that they can then share with someone outside of their immediate household. They pay a, a slight increase in their own monthly subscription fee, but then they can share an additional account to someone. But how is Netflix actually going to detect and stop account sharing? Well, according to Sky News, Netflix plans to associate Netflix accounts with things like IP addresses and device IDs. So as people connect to their account, Netflix will monitor what the IP address is and what the device IDs are for the devices used to connect to Netflix and then use that to establish where the home base is for that specific account. Then, should someone attempt to access this account from an unrecognized device ID or IP address, Netflix will send a essentially a two-factor authentication login prompt to the primary account holder's uh, phone or email. Now, that means that they're going to receive a message with a code that has to be entered before you can access that Netflix account. So the thought is, 
This will make it inconvenient for, say, that Slacker college student to log into their parents' account because it also means that that college student has to call or text mommy or daddy to get that authentication code. And it also means mommy or daddy is going to be getting these notifications whenever that Slacker kid is trying to watch Stranger Things or whatever. Now, I think this is a decent approach to addressing the situation for folks who have, say, more than one home. They can just make sure that they put in the authentication code when they get the prompt, when they're, I don't know, summering in the Hamptons or wintering in the Keys or whatever it is rich people do. I want to know what rich people do. Please make me a rich person. And now for a dramatic story that unfolded in Australia. Uh, A mining company that contracted with a different company in order to ship some equipment across part of Australia. found itself in a spot of trouble, which is putting it lightly. So the equipment included a density gauge, and this thing was going to travel nearly 1,000 miles from pickup to to, uh, storage. This particular device contained within it a pellet of cesium-137, or if you prefer, caesium-137, if we're going to pronounce Caesar as Kaiser as we should. But anyway... It's it's radioactive. Cesium-137 is radioactive. And it's in fact, it's radioactive enough to cause superficial damage if you have brief exposure to small amounts of it and much more serious issues with prolonged exposure. So this is dangerous stuff. According to Andrew Robertson, the chief health officer for Australia, being exposed to trace amounts of cesium-137 is like getting 10 x-rays in an hour. That's crazy. Well, here's the even crazier thing. All right, so during transport, this device, this density gauge, apparently broke, and it broke to the point where the pellet of cesium-137 tumbled out of not just the device, but the transport vehicle and fell out of the vehicle. And remember, this journey was nearly 1,000 miles long. This pellet is the size of a pea like is a tiny, tiny pellet of radioactive material. Then we got this big search effort where vehicles that were outfitted with radiation detection equipment traveled the route, this 1,000 mile, nearly 1,000 mile route in order to try and track down this tiny piece of radioactive material. And surprisingly enough, it worked. One of these vehicles actually picked up some readings and began to narrow in on the location and found that tiny little piece of radioactive material. Like, this astounds me. Uh, It just really shows how sensitive that that radiation detection equipment is in order to start picking up on something. While the vehicle that was traveling and searching was going at like a almost like maybe a little bit more than 40 miles per hour. So that's phenomenal. And yeah, they found it. So now it's being... uh, encased in safe material and then it'll be transported for long-term storage. And there's a chance that the mining company and the transportation company could face some fines for uh, improperly handling hazardous material. However, in Australia, such violations carry a maximum fine of $700 per day in which it happened. And it may have happened over the course of a couple of weeks So it's really not that much money 
when you look at it in a big picture. I mean, especially when you consider the nature of what was misplaced. But I mean, that's the law in Australia, which maybe we'll see change in the future as a result of this particular incident. At least it all turned out okay. And finally, an article in the AV Club alerted me to a ridiculous Twitch stream that's been going on since December of last year, and it's called Nothing Forever. It is an AI-generated, animated, and endless Seinfeld episode. Uh, so it's, it's like a simulated Seinfeld episode. It's not taking actual Seinfeld episodes. It has these little computer-generated characters who are stand-ins for characters from the, the sitcom Seinfeld, and it's using uh, GPT-generated dialogue and also a, 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 a computer-generated laugh track. So I checked it out. Um, and the animated characters are very low polygon, crudely kind of animated characters. You know who is supposed to be who. They also have different names from the official Seinfeld characters. So you have Larry instead of Jerry. You've got Fred instead of George. You've got Yvonne instead of Elaine. I hear that Kramer is in there too. I don't know what his alternate name is because he did not show up when I was watching the stream. Um, they also include little bits of Larry's stand-up routines. So it's like Jerry's stand-up routines in early Seinfeld episodes. And most of the time, what is being said makes very little sense. Like the sentences are coherent, but the situations are simultaneously banal and absurd. And then you get that laugh track sound that pops up usually right after something not at all funny has been said, which just makes it even more bizarre. Uh, the cynical of those out there may say that this is just like a modern sitcom. <laughs> you get laugh tracks that spike after things that are not funny have been said. Uh, I think my favorite bit from when I was watching was a scene where Larry uh, told Fred about how the pet store down the street had supposedly sold a unicorn and they wondered if that was true. And then they wondered what kind of conversations they would have with each other if they had bought the unicorn. And then we got a laugh track. And I, I don't know if I love it or hate it, but yeah, it's up on Twitch. It's called Nothing Forever, and you can watch as much of it as you like. Um, and maybe your tolerance will be greater than mine. I, I only sat for about maybe five or ten minutes, and then I was like, I got, I've got work to do. I can't, I can't just gawk in awe at this thing. All right. That's it for the tech news for Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. I hope you are all well. If you have suggestions for future topics on tech stuff, reach out to me. You can do that on, uh, I almost said Twitch, but no, on Twitter. And the handle for the show is techstuffhsw. Or you can download the iHeartRadio app for free. Navigate over to the tech stuff page by putting it in the little search field. And you'll see a little microphone icon. If you click on that, you can leave a voice message up to 30 seconds in length. Let me know what you would like to hear in a future episode. And I'll talk to you again really soon. Tech Stuff is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. 
You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.